Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. A football Friday on Grant and Danny before the best weekend of the NFL calendar every single season. We've made it to the divisional round of the playoffs. Four games over two days to break those games down and to take a look at some of the coaching vacancies in the National Football League as well. Our buddy Michael Lombardi joins us, longtime friend of the program who does a great job breaking the league down. Always love his takes, his energy, his passion. Michael, great to have you back on Grant and Danny in D.C. How are you? I'm doing great, guys. How are you? Always Very a pleasure. Well. Always a pleasure. You can check out his work, GM Shuffle Pod, the Daily Coach as well. All right, so why don't we just go through these games first, and we'll circle back to the coaching vacancies. Let's start with game number one, Jaguars-Chiefs. Can Jacksonville keep up with Kansas City? You know, the last time they played them, it was a 10-point game. Jacksonville scored late, and... You know, Jacksonville had the right approach. Their execution didn't work out. You know, six drives to start the game, they punted five times and missed a field goal. Then they missed another field goal. Lawrence wasn't sharp that day, and yet, you know, they only lose by 10. I think if he plays to the level that he played in the second half or like he played against Tennessee when he played in Tennessee this year, uh, they certainly can give him some trouble. You know, the problem is, you know, you've got to be able to maximize every possession. You typically are only going to get 11 or 12 possessions in a game. And against Kansas City, you can't have six punts. You've got to maximize every one. The game's going to be in the high 20s, 31-27, somewhere in there. And you've got to be able to score points. It's not time time of possession that's important. It's what you do with the football. And I think that if Lawrence plays well, they can keep it. I think the, I think the Chiefs win, though. If Kansas City wins, Michael, and, and you've been in this game and around it for so many years, if they win, that's five straight conference title games. Quantify that for us. I, I don't think people quite understand how amazing that is. Well, to get to the Final Four, to me, is the measurement of a, of a truly successful season. It is in basketball in the, in the NC2A tournament. It is in most other sports. The Final Four is what matters. And to me, you count your career by how many Final Fours you get to. That's what made New England so remarkable how many final fours they've got to during the Brady Belichick era. It's the same thing with Andy Reid. I mean, 
they're really good, and Reed's very good coming off a bye. This year he played played a Monday night game coming off a bye against Tennessee with Malik Willis, the quarterback, and it took him to overtime to win that game. So I think it's remarkable. It's a tribute to what Reed's able to accomplish. It's a tribute to him being able to coach the quarterback and develop the offense with around him. Michael Lombardi on Grant and Danny. Game two on Saturday, the nightcap. NFC East matchup. A couple of teams, Washington played a combined four times this season, so we're very familiar with the six-seeded Giants, the one-seed Eagles coming off a bye. The Giants have the momentum now, oddly enough, after a huge win against the bad Vikings defense. And the Eagles have gotten just one outing out of Hurts in the last month, and it wasn't particularly good. Should Philadelphia be concerned or worried going into this game, or are they just better and they're going to win anyway? Well, I mean, the number one seed since 2003 have covered this spread 34% of the time, so there is worry. And coming off a bye, you're always a little apprehensive about how your team's going to execute. You know, and every team you play when you come off a bye has momentum because they just won the last game. So, you know, momentum goes away in the first quarter if you get punched in the mouth. It's the Mike Tyson line. Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. So, look, the Eagles have to demonstrate to the Giants that Hurts can run the ball, that his shoulder's good enough that he can take a blow and he's going to be able to run the football in their six-back offense. And then the Giants have to do what they've done all year, which is, which is keep the game close, get it to the fourth quarter, try to win the game in the fourth quarter. But last time they played in the Meadowlands in a game that counted, they couldn't convert third downs. They couldn't execute defensively. They gave up three big plays. They gave up a touchdown pass of 33 yards and a 41-yarder. So they couldn't make plays in that aspect of the game, and they got behind 21 to nothing. And when they did that, all of a sudden the game was over, and they can't play catch-up. The Giants can only play one way. They can only play like they did against Minnesota or against what they got to keep it close, get it to the fourth quarter, and find a way to win it there. At M. Lombardi NFL on the Twitterverse for our guest Michael Lombardi here on GND. So for Philadelphia's defense, that pass rush, 70 sacks this year, which is just an unbelievable total. I just want to scream about this all the time, how incredible that is. Is that going to be negated here against that Giants offense that you were, as you were talking about with how much they're going to run and how much Daniel Jones is going to run around? How do you see that going? Well, they got to run Daniel Jones in the six-back offense. What makes that Eagle total so unique and so remarkable is 60 of those sacks come from the defensive lineman alone. Mm. They don't get it from a corner or a linebacker. They get it from those down guys. They get it from Riddick. They get it from Sweat. They get it from Hargrave. They get it from Cox. They get it from uh, they, they get it from their Dow Graham. They get it from those guys. So that makes it really hard. So they play zone behind it. They rush four. They play zone, and they say, look, if you've got to hold the ball for a half a second, you're not going to get the ball off. And that's what happened to the Giants in the first game. Daniel Jones really didn't have the time to throw it. The offensive line really couldn't handle it. Thomas got beat by Sweat for a sack. Jones has got to hold on to the ball. You know, like, look. Everybody loves the game he played against Minnesota, but we know Minnesota's defense isn't very good. This is going to come down to can Jones execute under pressure and protect the football. That's going to be the thing he's got to do. Michael Lombardi with us. Grant and Danny here on the fan. By the way, the Eagles, you just mentioned the distribution of the sacks for that team this year. I mean, the numbers when you dive in are crazy. Reddick 16, Sweat 11, Graham 11 among their edges, and then Cox and Hargraves combined for 18 on the interior. Just amazing what they've been able to do with those 70 sacks. All right, let's fast forward to Sunday, Bengals and Bills. This is the game we've been waiting for for weeks. Didn't get to see it, obviously, for good reason the first time. Cincinnati, a three-seed at two-seeded Buffalo. 
Bengals are going to be without some O-linemen, though, now, Michael, and I worry about Joe Burrow's ability to, to carry them without his tackle and maybe without a starting guard in this game as well. But it's not like the Bills haven't had warts. I mean, their defense looks leaky. Allen's turning the ball over. Handicap this one for us. Well, I mean, look, they've had a week to prepare knowing they weren't going to have a good line. They're going to get rid of the ball quick. It's going to be a lot of short throws. They've got to run the ball. They have to run the ball. Miami went up there uh, in, in December in, in a cold-weather game we thought was going to have snow, and they ran for 188 yards. And Miami was 32nd in the National Football League in rushing attempts. Miami, even though they hired Mike McDaniel, a rushing game guru, they never ran the ball in Miami. And yet they ran for 188. Now, when they went up there with Skylar Thompson, they decided they were going to throw it all the time. I'm not sure that was a really good strategy to take a third-string quarterback and go up into Buffalo and throw it 45 times. But I think Cincinnati will throw it. I think they can run it with Mixon and Perrine. And I think they've got to balance that the lack of offensive line. Look, they went through the entire playoffs last year on the road with a bad offensive line. Now, the kicker was hotter last year. McPherson didn't miss. This year he's not kicking as well as he did last year. That's going to be the difference. But this Buffalo team is not the same Buffalo team that we're used to. Even though they've won a lot of games and they've been able to endure, Josh Allen turns it over. They haven't been consistent. Now, they average 10.4 yards, a 10.4 points in differential, point differential between them how they, and when they win games. Last year that was over 11. So they kind of come back. They need Isaiah McKenzie this week. He's back from the hamstring. When you're signing Cole Beasley and John Brown, two 30-year-old guys to play receiver, that tells me you don't have good receivers. They take away digs, and now where's the ball going to go? I think it'll go to McKenzie, and I think this is the most important factor of the game. Josh Allen has to run the ball, not from quarterback drop throws, but from the running game, quarterback power, quarterback sweep, quarterback counter, all those things. That's when their offense is at its best. If Buffalo doesn't win this game, they still had a great regular season, which would make four straight. But do we have to have kind of a difficult difficult conversation, Michael, about Josh Allen, who you mentioned, has some of those head scratching plays with the turnovers and the like? Because it'll you know, they lost in the conference championship a couple years ago to Kansas City, didn't make it out of the divisional round either the previous two years. That's pretty disappointing for a team as good as this. Yeah, I mean, look, he's a superstar talent. He hasn't played like a superstar in clutch moments. There's no doubt. He's got to protect the football, and especially when he gets into the red zone. The difference between Buffalo and Kansas City is when Mahomes gets in the red zone, he scores touchdowns. When Allen gets down there, he, he kind of makes some bad decisions and some bad plays, and that costs him. So, yeah, I mean, they have to, but I don't think they're as good on defense as people think they are. They were the number one, all these stats we're going to read about. But when they play against teams that can throw the football, they struggle. They can't play man-to-man. They're a zone team. I, I mean, I will hear about Tredavious White and all this stuff about how great all these – they can't play man-to-man. You can attack them in the secondary, and if they can't pass rush, which they really couldn't do last week, there were throws that Thompson could have made in the game. Michael, final game of the weekend might end up being the best if Dallas can play as well as it did in Tampa, and that's the Cowboys and the 49ers. San Francisco has not lost since before Halloween. I know everyone's waiting for the other shoot to kind of fall for Brock Purdy, but I've been making the case, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on this, I don't think there's ever been a better situation for a quarterback. When you look at supporting cast, scheme, coordinator, defense, the whole deal, he just has a dream scenario, which isn't to take away from how well he's playing, but I really can't remember a quarterback having this good of a situation around him. Yeah, and Trey Lance couldn't play in it. How about that? Mm. So what does that tell you about Trey Lance? So I think you're right. I think you're dead on. I think Kyle Shanahan makes the game easy for the quarterback. 
and then they have the best yards after the catch receivers, running backs in football. So the offense is easy. It's fairly good. Now, what's the liability here? When does Brock Purdy show that he was a seventh-round pick? It showed up if he gets behind by two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. And if Kyle has to go to a drop-back pass game, which he really doesn't have. He, Kyle's a play-action pass, you know, you know run-first play-action throw the ball. He's not a drop back. We're going to throw it 60 times out of drop back protection. That's not what they want to do. And that's why Purdy has continued to look good week after week because they're allowed to play from in front. I think the biggest misconception is this defense people think is like the Ravens of 2000. It's not even close. Like you look at the numbers of what they've given up the last three weeks in terms of yards, points, first downs, compared to what the Ravens did, it's not even close. They're a good defense, but let's not forget this. Their offense allows their defense to excel. They're up 24-17. They turn the ball over, and now it's 31-17 games over. You see, their, their offense sets the table, which makes it really more effective. Michael Lombardi with us here on Grant and Danny. Give me the four teams that are advancing. Yeah, that's a hard one. I haven't made up my mind yet. You know, this is a round where the home team really has a, has a distinctive advantage. I, I think San Francisco, I, I would think San Francisco, Philly, uh, I think uh, I'll go Buffalo and KC. I think those are the four best teams. That would make the best conference championship weekend of all. Michael Lombardi with us on Grant and Danny here on The Fan. As far as the Jaguars, there's a lot of praise being heaped on Doug Peterson, deservedly so. But do you think, like, in the case of Peterson, in the case of Dable, I mean, that is the story, or is, is there a lot more to it than just two adults taking over and doing a hell of a job? Well, I mean, Dayball's doing it with very little. I mean, Dayball's team isn't very talented. We know this, right? He's got Daniel Jones to play really well, which is a tribute to him. I mean, the Jacksonville, I wrote this in, in September. I said Jacksonville was the most talented team in the South. I mean, Byron Leftwich turns the job down last year because he doesn't want to work with, with Trent Balky, and now he's out of, out of work. I mean, that was a really good job in spite of the fact what people were saying about Trevor Lawrence last offseason. I mean, it was Urban Meyer's inability to coach that was the problem, not Jacksonville's talent level. So I think they did. And Peterson came in and was the adult in the room. And he cleaned up and he got them going. And, look, they, they're a wide, if they get Calvin Ridley back next year, they'll be really explosive on offense. They'll be really good. With ATN as a running back and they'll add more pieces to their team, they've got to get better on defense. To me, the Giants could take a step back next year because they've got so many other holes. They're not that talented of a team that they've got some holes they've got to fix that it's going to take another two drafts to get them fixed. But Dayball did a great job of managing the quarterback and playing basically playoff football for 18 weeks. Just keep it close. You know, they'll make big plays in the passing game. They just they try to reduce the game. They avoid losing before they win, and he's done a good job with that. Michael, of the – Job openings currently in the NFL, head coaching vacancies. I don't think there are any good ones. So two-parter, do you agree with that? There aren't any good ones. And what's the best of this bad bunch? Well, look, they don't give away houses in Beverly Hills. So, they're, what, they're, you know, you're talking about an NFL job. There's only 32 of them. And you guys live in Washington, and we know there's more senators than there are NFL jobs. So it's a harder job to get the United States senator. Mm-hmm. So you can't say it's a bad job. They are what they are. Do you come with restrictions? There's ground rules with every job that's different. You've got to figure out a way to win within the ground rules. I mean, that's what you get paid to do. Uh, I think the Denver job's the best job because I think the owner understands what it's going to take, what he's looking for as a head coach. I think that's the most important thing. Oftentimes these owners 
don't know what the job is and what it isn't. You know, and then, so they search for it. So sometimes they make it as an offensive coordinator job. Sometimes they make it something else. I think that's the best job. I think Carolina could be a really good job if they got a quarterback. They got a lot of players there. I think Arizona's going to have to take some time. Indianapolis doesn't have a quarterback. They've got an owner who thinks Jeff Saturday's a good coach. Try to solve that mystery, if you will. And so, you know, it's a hard thing to do. You got, you got a lot of different parts. But let me say this. Guys, I know Leftwich turned one down last year, but you should never turn one down because they all have problems. And we're seeing it happen again this year. I mean, Ben Johnson in Detroit said no thank you to stay put with the Lions. I was really surprised by that. Well, he got a big raise. He's a young guy. He feels like they're going to play better next year, and, and there'll be 10 jobs open next year. I mean, we know there are going to be 10 jobs open next year because this year's a light year. So, you know, he, he probably feels like I'll get another turn at bat. When to me, Leftwich was, was it Leftwich? Was it Arians? Was it Brady? You know, there was a mystery around it. Who was really doing it? And, you know, you need to cap it. When, look, I say this all the time on my show. I say it on my pod. The NFL is not about selection. It's about election. When you're popular in the polls and you're popular, your team's winning, you can get elected. I mean, Brian Dayball couldn't get an offensive coordinator job in 2013, 2014. No one would call him back. Nobody would call him back, okay? I know Brian personally, and I love him. But nobody was calling him back. Now, all of a sudden, he's the greatest coach since Newt Rockby, right? It's all about perception, and it's all about electability. And when you have a chance to be elected, you better take advantage of it. Our guest is Michael Lombardi. You were in New England in 1415, I believe. So you weren't there. Maybe Casario was there when you were there. Was Nick Casario? I was there the whole time with Nick. Yeah, I was there through seven, through the end of the 16th. After we beat... Atlanta and the Super Bowl, I was all the way through there. Okay, so help me out here, because I, I thought really highly of him going over there, and I think the way that the, the Texans have operated the last couple of years has been abysmal. I didn't understand the Cully hiring at all. He'd never called plays. He'd been around forever as a position coach. It was kind of cool for him, and we have a guy on the station who who's buddies with him who was on a, uh, you know played for him years ago, but everyone in the league was happy, but the hiring made no sense. They fire him after one year. I thought the Lovey hire was just as inexplicable and made no sense uh, this many years later. So they two straight years made hires th that I thought were bad. They fired those guys immediately, which almost makes as little sense as the hires. And now for the fourth time in four years, they're going to be hiring a new head coach. And I just have to imagine this guy doesn't know what he's doing, but you worked with him. So you tell me, is, is he good? What, what's the deal with him? Well, you know, I don't know how the hiring process took to place, but I know this, that those two guys that you mentioned, they don't fit what, what I know of Nick and what he wants for a head coach. Could it have come from the owner? Perhaps. I don't know. But there was no way that was ever going to work. You hire a guy that didn't call plays before, who's never been in the New England system before, who doesn't understand how to develop players. There's a part of me that thinks Nick wants to be the head coach because he was when, he, when Cully was the coach, when Cully was the coach, you know, Nick's in the, co in, the, in the coach's box, and he's charting, and he's, co you know, so like, Nick, if you want to be the coach, if you want to be Al Davis, go coach the team. The next year, <laughs> Lovey kicked him out of the box, right? So Lovey said, there's no way you're coming in. So, like, either you want to – got to hire somebody who fits your philosophy. You can't hire somebody from a different program. You know, all of us that come from the Patriot program, we kind of know what it means and what it takes, and we can speak a language that very few can speak. Not saying it's the right language. It's a language we all speak. You don't hire somebody who talks your language, you're going to be in trouble. Two-parter here for you, Michael. What's the quickest you've ever decided a quarterback is good? And is 19 snaps enough or 19 pass attempts in one game that's meaningless enough to decide that uh, Sam Howell's going to be the guy here going forward? What do you make of that? 
Well, I mean, just look at who they're interviewing for the offensive coordinator job. I mean, like, seriously, I think that this is – if I were Sam Howe, I'd be nervous, uh, you know, in that program there. I'm not sure Ron gave it a lot of thought when he fired Scott where he was going. You know, Ken Sampisi, Pat Sherman, did you watch Denver's offense two years ago? I mean, like, this is not good. So I think you're going to have to analyze that. I think there's a 20 game, there's a 20 game rule for quarterbacks. You got to watch them play 20 games. That's a season and a quarter. And then, then you can make the decision because when you play good, the defense then alters it. I mean, Baker Mayfield was sensational yeah. for, for 12 games. All of a sudden people said, you know what? It might be a good idea if we power rush the guards, make him play quarterback from the pocket so he can't see and we'll see what we get to. And you know what happened? He can't see. He can't find the outside receivers. Not a good quarterback. So I think you got to go 20 games. Yeah, more, real quick, we'll let you go on this. But the, the OC search, because it has been – I give them credit. They're interviewing a lot of people. But I'll be frank. I mean, most of them are retreads that are very unexciting names. What kind of job opening is this if they're telling guys that you're likely going with how? They got really good receivers, but they're on record saying they want to run the ball a ton. What do you make of this opening? I think it's a hard job because I think you got to be careful. You know, you, you don't. None of the coaches on the staff are with you, and I'm sure there's some guys on that staff that think they should be the coordinator. So I think it's a really hard job, and I think you got to come in with your program, and and Ron's got to be able to give the guy the rope to run what he wants to run, and because if you're going to hire those guys, you got to do it, and so it, it's just really hard. I don't think there's great alignment there. Michael, thank you as always, buddy. Enjoy the games this Thanks, weekend. Bye bye. Michael Lombardi on Grant and Danny. Here on 106.7 The Fan. Excellent as always. Let's update where we're at on the OC search because there were a couple of more nuggets that came out today on uh-huh. some of the names they'll be interviewing next week. I do mean this. This has been way more thorough than I expected it to be. And I don't know what I was anticipating. Maybe just like three or four get interviewed. and then, But they're already up to seven, eight, nine people they've reached out to and a half dozen or so that are being interviewed or will be interviewed next week. That's right. So I, I, I give them high marks for that. I'd like one or two of these people to be young, up and coming, and and that really doesn't seem to be the the pool they're swimming in. But uh, we'll get you the latest on what's going on in the OC search with the Commanders next on Grant and Danny. Your double play is a winning off the field segment today at three forty five right here on the Fan. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile five G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile five G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com/five G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.